0: Turkey is a country with long experience of cooperation among parties both in the government and outside of it. At the same time, Turkish politics is deeply polarized. The party system is dominated by AKP, the Justice and Development Party, led by Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the country's president. AKP is supported by the so-called People's Alliance. The opposition party with most governmental experience is CHP, the Republican People's Party. CHP leads the Nation Alliance, which is also called the Table of Six, having currently five other members. The third smaller alliance is led by the pro-Kurdish People's Democratic Party, HDP. The parliamentary and presidential elections are scheduled to take place on the 14th of May, six weeks from now. My guest today is Murat Somer, professor at Koch University. He works on polarization, religion, ethnic conflicts, democracy, and democratic erosion. He's an advisor to various civil society organizations and opposition political parties. Murat, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, Jolt. Uh, thank you for inviting me.
0: Great to have you here. Please introduce us to the Turkish party landscape and describe the ideological and the social profile of the most relevant parties.
1: Uh, Turkey has been a multi-party democracy since 1950. Uh, There is some legacy of uh, multi-party politics and some form of uh, democracy, uh, constitutional uh, monarchy during the late Ottoman times uh, as well. Uh, We can say that uh, there are four cleavages uh, that have really affected uh, Turkish politics uh, since the beginning, and the last one is uh, new. Um, the first one is the left-wing uh, cleavage axis, uh, the familiar one uh, that we all know. Uh, of course, in every country, it's, it takes a bit different shape. Uh, in Turkey, I think uh, the cultural differences play uh, are a bit more pronounced than uh, social class and uh, political economy. But you know, this the left-right uh, axis. The second one uh, is uh, variably called uh, religious-secular axis. Uh, it used to be called also center periphery, but I think it's a bit misleading right now. It's uh, at moderate more, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it's a cultural difference, uh, pro-secular uh, parties that uh, re- uphold uh, the uh, rapid secular modernization uh, with the foundation of the republic uh, with uh, Kemal Ataturk. Um, The right wing, uh, the uh, religious parties, uh, uh, they are, they have a strong religious identity. Uh, They are not conservative per se. Uh, They don't necessarily try to conserve uh, something. They may be quite uh, open to change as well. Uh, But their understanding of the future is very much inspired by uh, Turkey's uh, Islamic legacy as well as uh, Ottoman uh, legacy. Uh, some of them, including the uh, original uh, Jassan Development Party, was also rooted in political Islamism uh, as well, uh, political Islamist ideology. The third one is an ethnic one, uh, The basically the cleavage uh, between uh, the uh, uh, ethnic Turks, uh, which is a very multi-ethnic group in itself, actually. But, you know, uh, people who uh, uh, don't uh, identify themselves as Kurdish and uh, predominantly they identify as Turkish uh, versus uh, ethnic ethnic Kurds uh, that has been an important uh, cleavage from the very beginning uh, of um, uh, the republic uh, since the 1990s uh, also uh, when uh, Kurds uh, established uh, uh, explicitly pro kurdish uh, uh, parties uh, so this has been uh, you know just the last thing uh, these three uh, uh, axes of uh, turkish politics the last one uh, began to emerge during the 2010s uh, and uh, more rapidly uh, after 2018, uh, I would say, than uh, democracy-autocracy uh, cleavage. Uh, of course, Turkey uh, had uh, auto- authoritarian periods in the past, but during the last two decades, uh, and especially during the, two- the 2010s, uh, it has experienced uh, suffered um, a different uh, type of uh, autocratization. Uh, which we also see in many other countries uh, in the world, uh, from Brazil to Hungary to w- United States, uh, democratic erosion, uh, which is an you know incremental uh, uh, type of autocratization under civilian elected popular uh, governments, uh, basically the Justice and Development Party uh, in Turkey. Um, Which don't actually uh, denounce democracy ideologically. They actually uh, claim to uh, uphold uh, democracy. But they do use all kinds of uh, quasi legal uh, methods uh, or bypassing the constitution and uh, other authoritarian methods to uh, gradually erode democracy. So there has been uh, resistance to this from the very beginning in Turkey, actually, very active resistance uh, to it. Uh, But it has uh, often backfired. and uh, so 2018, uh, we may talk about it later uh, more extensively, uh, then the opposition tried to use new methods and also kind of unite uh, uh, just to overcome uh, the uh, this kind of uh, authoritarianism and uh, basically defeat the government and uh, start uh, something new. Uh, uh, so that uh, has led to uh, a democracy-autocracy cleavage. Uh, Orchun Selçuk and Dilaria Kinje have a, a, a nice uh, article uh, on this as well, and other people, including myself, have been written, writing about it. Uh, so that is a new axis, and uh, we will see uh, what uh, fruits it will bear and how lasting it will uh, it will be in the future.
0: Now, before discussing the current uh, developments, let's go back a little bit in time. As you know, this series is primarily about party cooperation. Mm-hmm. So, um, what would you say, how are elections typically structured in Turkey? Are they structured around alliances of parties or parties compete autonomously and then they decide after the election what kind of coalition they form?
1: Yeah. So I think, again, here, uh, normal Turkish politics, basically what we have seen at least since the 1950s, of course, there, are, there have uh, certain um uh, certain tendencies and norms and conventions uh, what we patterns um uh, uh, what we have is quite extraordinary now but the, this legacy the what we could call the traditional normal uh, uh, turkish politics uh, how is it structured first of all very really competitive uh, i would say uh, quite assertive and competitive um And uh, there have been uh, pre-electoral alliances, uh, but more importantly, uh, after the elections, uh, we have seen many uh, pragmatic uh, post-electoral alliances and actually coalitions. These can often override very sharp uh, ideological uh, differences as well. Uh, For example, the uh, quite strongly uh, uh, pro-secular and left-wing Republican People's Party, CHP, uh, you mentioned, the main opposition party now in the past during the 1970s uh, was able to form a coalition with a political islamist party uh, which actually is the predecessor uh, of the just uh, justice and development party um, uh, that is in government uh, today so there have been uh, right-wing left-wing uh coalitions some uh, also uh, quite promising at times to consolidate uh, Turkish democracy. Uh, this has been a, a lasting challenge of Turkish democracy uh, an electoral democracy quite alive, but uh, really not being able to consolidate liberal democracy. Um, but I would say that um, despite all this very dynamic alliances um, and uh, lively politics, uh, substantive, uh, alliances, alliance building, has not been the forte uh, of Turkish politics. Uh, what I mean uh, with that is, uh, while forming pragmatic coalitions in order to, to come to government or uh, su- uh, succeed in elections, whether they can also sort out, reconcile their ideological uh, differences, um, or come come to some kind of compromise. Uh, Principled compromises uh, between these different uh, worldviews, and also uh, basically substantive coalitions, reformist coalitions, to consolidate, consolidate democracy. Um, That is uh, that has not been the forte of uh, Turkish politics. Uh, The many alliances later fell apart due to personalist or ideological uh, conflicts. Uh, in that sense, also, I think what the opposition parties are trying to do uh, to date is quite new um, and uh, promising if it becomes successful.
0: Indeed, um, in your work, you contrast normal uh, Turkish politics with the current day extraordinary uh, politics. So could you elaborate on that?
1: Right. I think, you know, I found this quite interesting uh, from the Uh, from the beginning, actually, uh, I think it's a challenge of uh, the democratic erosion uh, process. Uh, I think political parties as well as ordinary citizens are quite, they understand much better conventional authoritarianism when uh, either the military or some civilian uh, politician uh, suspends democracy uh, or uh, eliminates it with some ideological purpose that, you know, this open, explicit uh, authoritarianism but this incremental democratic erosion uh, poses certain particular challenges, in my opinion, uh, to, to opposition uh, actors, not only political parties, but also civil society and uh, ordinary citizens. Uh, because uh, the, uh, the eroding uh, governments uh, during democratic erosion never uh, denounce uh, demands, uh, democracy. Uh, they don't uh, eliminate uh, democracy all at once. Uh, Just and Development Party came, in fact, to par with very uh, democratizing promises. And uh, it also did uh, many reforms uh, that were indeed uh, democratizing. But uh, during this whole democratic erosion process, however, it it used a lot of force uh, in order to actually gradually uh, silence the opposition or uh, divide the opposition. Uh, It never says that it doesn't accept opposition, uh, but on the other hand, uh, it does use all the state power uh, that it uh, gradually that uh, it uh, it grabs uh, the, comes to control the state it also uh, gains other powers uh, by for example also gradually again um, gaining control uh, of the uh, overwhelming majority of the of the media uh, establishes pro government civil society so it has all these disproportionate powers it uses to actually make sure to uh, defeat the opposition and to remain uh, in power. Um, So under these conditions, so uh, under these conditions, what uh, can the uh, opposition do? They can use the methods of the normal uh, politics, uh, go to the judiciary, Uh, this sometimes works, uh, but one of the things that uh, these uh, eroding uh, governments do, they also politicize uh, and packs the uh, the courts. so after a while this uh, going to the court doesn't work. Uh, also they uh, the government blames them for uh, by saying that uh, the opposition parties are trying to override uh, the people's will. Uh, they are trying to defeat a, a, a popular government by using rule of law as a weapon or you know by going to the judiciary um. They can use issue-based protests. Uh, they can try to uh, challenge the uh, single uh, policies, individual po- uh, autocratizing policies. Uh, but then uh, these are these do happen. They have happened trim- uh, very uh, extensively in Turkey. But the government uh, just uh, oppresses them, uh, criminalizes them, uh, without completely banning them. So uh, there is actually a lively uh, public sphere. Um, so uh, and single political parties and political actors cannot amass sufficient power to override this kind of uh, authoritarian power. It's a different kind of authoritarian uh, power. Uh, after all, state is very powerful um and it has a lot of financial resources uh, as well here. So um, you have to uh, basically unite forces, And you also need to mobilize people uh, in order to create sufficient power to actually uh, defeat such a government. But while saying this, however, uh, it is also tricky because you cannot, uh, of course, we can, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, which uh, Turkish political parties have often done, uh, tell people that, look, this is an emerging dictatorship, or this is an autocratic government, Uh, let's leave aside our differences and unite forces actually just to change this, and then uh, we can talk about other things. Uh, But uh, this this can also backfire, because at the same time, you don't want to alienate people and the voters, you're asking their support uh, in the name of democracy, and with the promise that, in fact, democracy can work, and uh, through elections, uh, the government can change. So they cannot actually just say, uh, like in the same way that, for example, under a military government, uh, of course, people would be afraid, but everybody knows there's a military government, no democracy. You could tell them, let's actually rise up against uh, this uh, authoritarian government and uh, bring democracy. Um, You could say this and try to, uh, then, you know, sometimes it works. But here, there is this problem that, uh, many people can uh, use the exit option uh, because then they say, "Well, if th- if this is an autocratic government, I will not risk uh, uh, my um, well-being uh, by being mobilized and uh, going to vote." And so they are really uh, between a, a rock and hard place. They need to develop a, a really a new type of discourse and strategy, uh, but definitely unite. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, Uh, to create sufficient uh, power to actually uh, overcome this kind of democratic erosion. That I call extraordinary politics. So they need to do things uh, that are uh, uh, unconventional, um, somehow uh, make people feel that this is really extraordinary conditions, therefore they need to support this. Um, And uh, so I was thinking about it a lot. I wrote an article uh, with this idea of um, External Politics and um, Regime Uncertainty, what I uh, called, uh, because this is a kind of really confusion about the regime. Is that democracy or not? Uh, it's different uh, from other uh, kind of uh, uncertainties uh, Then uh, my colleague uh, that uh, you know, uh, Jennifer McCoy, and uh, also Özdem Tunjal, we also wrote, wrote an article uh, on this uh, as well, uh paper uh, on, the, on that as well. Uh, So this is, in that sense, I think, in Turkey also what is happening, because Mm -hmm. uh, this alliance uh, includes quite unlikely uh, members, that uh, the right-wing, left-wing, you mentioned the nation alliance, uh, five of the parties, the biggest party is the uh, pro-secular left-wing Republican People's Party. The other ones are right-wing parties. It includes even two parties that used to be... uh, that split from the uh, Justice and Development Party, the governing uh, Justice and Development Party uh, and a political Islamist party. So they come together because with this understanding that this is an uh, extraordinary uh, time. And they, uh, I think they did a lot of new things. I think alliances have not been uh, as substantive and uh, transparent in the past in Turkey. Uh, both the nation alliance and the labor and uh, freedom alliance The left wing and pro Kurdish uh, alliance. Uh, They have done, uh, they have uh, signed quite a few documents, uh, very explicitly uh, specifying and announcing uh, the principles and the sometimes quite specific policies that they have agreed upon. Um uh, obviously, uh, for anybody, there are, uh, there are always, be- because this is a compromise, there are many missing elements that uh, from all angles, uh, people often uh, say uh, that, uh, for example, about women's rights or Kurdish rights or economic rights, uh, this and this is missing. But then again, we come to the extra- extraordinary politics uh, idea here uh, that in normal politics, you can uh, really uh, make these criticisms but this is if this is really about rebuilding democracy uh, then uh the opposition also argues that uh, these kind of uh, uh disagreements uh or legitimate uh, grievances they need to be uh, set aside uh f- for some time
0: but as i understand they went beyond simply saying that we want to restore democracy they had a political program on which you can base even a government
1: yes i think uh, this is also uh, an important element here i think in many countries uh, i think uh, we could uh, say this um, uh, about hungary as well Uh, during this in this uh, context of democratic erosion by definition there are popularly elected governments even if they are Uh, not really fair elections and sometimes uh, free elections. They may not, but still, definitely they they, uh, enjoy the support of um, significant portions of the society that are tested through uh, some kind of competitive election, Um, which means that these people have a reason uh, to uh, lend this support, uh, which often goes back to certain uh, resentments, uh, problems, uh, and shortcomings of the previous system, uh, so, uh, the, uh, in the Turkish case, uh, certainly uh, the uh, electoral democracy, uh, which was on the way to become liberal democracy, by the way, uh, when just and development came, uh, party came to power, uh, there were significant uh, reform uh, reforms being made uh, in pursuit of the EU membership too. Uh, it was really on the way, uh, but that electoral democracy certainly had many problems many shortcomings um and you know that was one reason many people supported the akp in the first place so two decades later now many people who are quite uh, upset about the uh, government and how it eroded institutions and uh, freedoms um, and the previous democracy um, they want to see something more exciting uh, they they do really uh, ask the question whether this is about some restoration of democracy, like going back to the ancien regime, if you like, uh, or is this about something building better? And this has been the challenge for the pol- opposition political parties. Uh, they understood this, I think, uh, and you know they have been trying to, therefore, to come up with some kind of a substantive uh, agreement uh, that amounts to. Uh, building a better democracy, and uh, also transcending uh, what existed uh, previously. Um, it is uh, not easy, of course, uh, because uh, again, when the political parties that have very really different programs uh, come together, um, and I think it says a lot, uh, not only about ideology, but um, it says a lot about party organizations. Uh, you're trying to achieve democracy, but the vehicle that you have in your uh, hands is is actually what we call these uh, these mechanisms, organizations that we call uh, political parties. And as political scientists, we understand quite well, uh, you know, political parties, what they promise and they are short. So you are uh, many people. Uh, in these organizations and they are huge organizations in turkey uh like political parties have a long legacy they are not paper tigers uh so they have millions of members uh they have uh you know very uh, massive organizations so uh it is hard to really remain in power with there's a lot of politics within the political parties uh this um alliances that we were talking about were quite uh, led by the leaders uh, of the political parties Um, but in order to uh, pursue these alliances they also need to convince their party organizations which again consist of uh, millions of members uh, often so all uh, so here uh, all of this is telling us that even when at least the leadership or some of the leadership of these parties, they understand that uh, they do need to promise something much more substantive than restoration of previous democracy. Uh, it is uh, not easy, it is easier said than done, uh, but you know, they have, uh, however, I think uh, achieved a lot of progress. Uh, and uh, I think it's also a lot of learning uh, has happened in the meantime.
0: Yes, let's talk a little bit about the technology of cooperation. You mentioned that the um, convergence within the nation's alliance um, went deeper this time than during uh, some of the previous elections. And yet a couple of weeks ago, it looked as if the whole alliance was falling apart. There was a major dispute about who should be the presidential candidate. So I wonder how uh, this conflicts between parties were solved, what was the technical solution that was chosen? I even heard somewhere that some of your ideas were taken on board. So please uh, say a few words about what is the actual formula that the opposition will use during this election?
1: Oh, okay, great, great question. Uh, Well, they uh, have uh, a engaged in a lot of learning uh, during this time, I think, which is very uh, interesting. And whenever there are uh, alliances, I think there are this, this, uh, you need some conflict resolution uh, mechanisms. And uh, these are, of course, not formal mechanisms. It's uh, quite, I think, in every uh, specific uh, national context Uh, You also need to use, I think, um, indigenous mediums. Uh, I think here, um, kind of the language used can be quite important as well, or some cultural uh, ways of resolving uh, conflicts uh, can be quite important. Um, But the um, so what was this last conflict about? Um, First of all, uh, Nominating the joint presidential candidate, they had agreed uh, earlier on that they will have one candidate, joint candidate, which was the right decision to unite forces. But then who will it be? The uh, bright side was that the good news was that there were uh, quite a few uh, capable candidates, I guess. But then, uh, as we know in politics very well, in the end, you need to make a decision because one will be the. Uh, uh, candidate, and uh, I had actually promised, uh, and you know, not only determination this nomination process, but also uh, each candidate has uh, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, will that choice, whoever it will be, uh, will it really mobilize sufficient consent and excitement among the uh, uh, among the voters to really succeed under these uh, un in on uh, un- level playing field uh, conditions? So I had promised that actually in that sense, and at the same time, keep the co- coalition alive. So So I had promised that um, some kind of a ticket system uh, would be the best choice uh, here, uh, because the, the current candidate, which uh, ended up being determined, uh, it was the most likely candidate, Kemal Kili because um, he's the leader uh, of uh, the largest party in the nation alliance and the main opposition party. Um, and, you know, uh, the way politics works, the therefore natural uh, candidate uh, to keep the party also um, uh, intact. Uh, on the other hand, he has been also the really, uh, the um, uh, the uh, main force uh, uh, behind this coalition building, uh, the person who really brought these uh, parties together. Uh, but at the same time, Kemal Kulishtodou had uh, many critiques Uh, because he's actually uh, not a very charismatic politician. Uh, He's a a more bureaucratic uh, kind of personality Um, that has actually a lot of advantages. Uh, He's very calm, uh, for example. Um, But on the other hand, you know, uh, that doesn't always really uh, excite the voters that much. And he has a baggage because he's been the uh, leader of the opposition uh, since the 2010s. And during this time, again, by definition, of course, opposition failed to change the government, and he was uh, really um, blamed for this. Uh, in addition, you know, so that was the the, the issue. And in two thousand nineteen, opposition uh, was quite successful in winning the local elections and brought to the political scene some uh, really popular. Uh, names, new, uh, political, uh, uh, personalities, uh, one of them uh, was the, uh, Istanbul mayor, uh, Ekrem İmamoğlu, um, and the other one, uh, Mansur Yavaş, Ankara, uh, mayor. They are quite, uh, they were uh, more popular than Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu. In the case of Ekrem İmamoğlu, also younger politician, uh, also has a better rapport with younger, uh, voters. Um, and the Ankara mayor Mansur Yawash is also, even though both are CHP uh, members, uh, is the more uh, right wing, uh, represents the right wing uh, side of the CHP.
0: Nationalist.
1: Uh, Nationalist, exactly. And uh, the I thought that actually if they ran on a ticket, uh, that would create a really strong team. Uh, That would both uh, keep the coalition uh, together, but at the same time really mobilize uh, the maximum amount of excitement and voters. Uh, In terms of governing as well, I think, you know, they all have uh, certain experiences and uh, advantages and disadvantages. So, uh, because governing after winning election, that will not be an easy task either. So uh, I had proposals, and it was uh, the political parties uh, were discussing this. Uh, they uh, they knew this. Uh, but given the political balances, it had not been chosen. Uh, and uh, then, you know, the crisis happened. And uh, what was the crisis uh, about? The second largest political party, uh, the leader, uh, Meral Akshaner, uh, of the second largest political party. İyi. Iyi. Uh, she basically left the table because she was very upset uh, because she had second thoughts uh, or reservations about chemical styroloose nomination. And uh, whether for good or bad, she also um, uh, lost her uh, calm. I mean, she really uh, left the table in a very angry way and also really uh, fiercely criticizing uh, the table and Kemal uh, which was, I think, very wrong. However, this conflict, I think, also uh, opened the space and need for conflict resolution. And then uh, at the time, of course, uh, you know, uh, I also again, uh, you know, uh, suggested this uh, again, you know, for as a solution, um, and then, you know, it uh, was found uh, a room for acceptance, I think, and uh, it is uh, uh, then uh, there were negotiations, just hour by hour negotiations, uh, basically, uh, between the parties, uh, and they accepted uh, this as the compromise uh mansur yavaş and uh uh mansur yavaş and ekrem imamoğlu became the uh, the running mates uh, of uh, Kemal chemical and in return for that uh, i think this also uh saved face uh, for Merel actioner uh, because she had proposed either mansur Yawash or ekram Imamoglu to be the candidates instead of kılıçdaroğlu now they are not presidential candidate but they are uh, part of the presidency, uh, if you will, uh, like the, the running uh, team, uh, and she returned uh, to the table. Uh, so the a compromise uh, uh, was uh, achieved. Uh, I think this is a kind of like a conflict resolution experience. Um, Klistaroulu's, I think, forte here was that he was very uh, calm from the very beginning, he didn't say anything that he could not take back afterwards. We saw him at election and said that you know it will be sorted out in one way or another. Um, so, which also uh, strengthened uh, his uh, his claim uh, to the uh, nomination too, I think.
0: The Turkish Gandhi.
1: The Turkish Gandhi, uh, exactly, exactly. During this compromise, however, because of the opposition of one party, they also uh, agreed on making the leaders of the other five parties to be uh, vice presidents after the election um so this was part of the compromise uh, beforehand they were discussing that there will be some kind of a, a council uh, where um decisions will be, will be made uh, after the um uh, after coming to government based on uh, some kind of consensus so they will also be vice presidents i'm not sure whether this is a good idea it has been criticized um On one hand, yes, it's this very uh, kind of collegial, uh, multi-actor, consensus-based decision-making. We have some historical experience in Uruguay, for example, historical experience uh, with this. Uh, But on the other hand, at the time when governance will be quite difficult, I think uh, this is not a very good... uh, So this is, I think, a challenge for the opposition I hit um, like one uh, uh, one Goliath, uh, and then against this Goliath, uh, okay, three may be a good idea, but seven may not necessarily, they can uh, step in each other's uh, feet. Has
0: it been ever uh, seriously considered in Turkey that ordinary party members or uh, supporters would be integrated in this process of selecting candidates?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, excellent questions, uh, George. Um, This alliance building uh, is on one hand very democratic because it is to override uh, certain differences, uh, meet in the middle uh, for democracy. So in that sense, it's quite democratic. But on the other hand, it has been uh, quite uh, leadership-driven, so quite top-down, actually. Elitist. Elitist, it can be seen very elitist. Um, So, and it has been criticized. Um, This idea about more uh, bottom-up participation in the uh, nomination of candidates, whether presidential or uh, the parliamentary, has been a discussion in Turkey, uh, the problem in Turkey for a long time. Um, After the election, uh, if the opposition uh, comes to power, I think uh, one of the, maybe not first things, there are a lot of uh, urgent issues, but in the sh- as soon as possible, uh, one thing that they need to do is also to change the law on political parties uh, in order to uh, make the Turkish political parties uh, more participatory and uh, democratic. Um, so therefore, um, this whole process of these alliances uh, the alliance building has been criticized. Um, people were not involved uh, in the in this uh, negotiation uh, that uh, I was talking about. It was basically the six leaders. Uh, in a way, of course, it's never the six leaders themselves. But uh, I think, to some extent, civil society is also involved, uh, or you know, uh, the um, uh, advisors. Uh, Ideas play a role. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, not necessarily going through, always going through the um, formal uh, organization of the political parties either. Um, having, and you know, these uh, primaries, for example, uh, have been discussed in Turkey for a long time. Um, and it is implemented. It's not uh, something that doesn't, uh, is not uh, used at all. But I- in the presidential nomination, uh, it was not, this kind of a primary kind of process was not used. Um, this was criticized. However, uh, the uh, if we read this, interpret this in light of this extraordinary politics, uh, then perhaps it was necessary. Uh, when I think about it in a, a if if you are in a quasi-authoritarian, autocratic uh, context environment where um, it's, it's not a very relaxed, pluralistic, democratic environment, there is always some crisis. There is always some kind of intervention, uh, you know, uh, from uh, uh, from the authoritarian government. Um, I think uh, decision making. Uh, to what extent could decision making be made? Uh, in the best way if the process had been more uh, participatory. Uh, we know that in Hungary uh, that, uh, for example, the opposition um, uh, to my knowledge um, uh, nominated its candidates uh, in a very democratic way and very participatory way. Uh, that doesn't always, I think, ensure uh, success uh, either. Uh, so, so I think maybe it was not a bad idea under these circumstances. Um, but in the definitely uh, in the future, uh, it has to be.
0: We talked a lot about uh, the presidential candidate, but what about uh, the parliamentary candidates? How uh, parties decide how many candidates can be nominated on behalf of each party?
1: Uh, as far as the uh, parliamentary candidates, uh, that is uh, more complicated. Again, of course we could say that why not through uh, primaries, uh, but here um, the current electoral system on one hand supports the alliances uh, because there is a 7% electoral threshold. And if you're a, a member of a alliance, the 7% threshold doesn't apply. So that uh, supports the alliance. But on the other hand, in every district, members of the alliance will still compete with each other. Which means that, uh, and many uh, people uh, have been working on this uh, within the political parties as well as in uh, civil society, uh, it clearly shows that this uh, this law was changed uh, to give an advantage to the incumbent uh, party uh, because this uh, opposition was uniting in terms of alliances. Uh, If the opposition does not, choose its candidates in every district based on some compromise and based on a joint list so they have to establish joint lists uh, in uh, every district but in every particular district uh, they have to decide whether uh, the chp list would be the best or e list would be the best or some other party's list would be the best usually is chp and some also e Uh, otherwise even with 40 41% of the vote uh, the people alliance may get the majority uh, in the in the parliament so they have to uh, pick joint uh, lists. and it this has to be very strategic uh, whose name which party's name and which party's candidates are most popular uh, in a particular district uh, district uh, and there are many of them so and at that the... level
0: opinion polls will be used
1: Opinion polls will be used, exactly. Opinion polls will be used uh, as well as the uh, available names of the candidates, how much residents they have in each district, uh, which, which can be quite local. Um, and of course, there is this party interests. They will have to negotiate each party, of course, especially smaller parties uh, that, of course, want to have uh, uh, seats in the parliament. Uh, but they had to also uh, most important to take into consideration the uh, common interest first of all winning the election so they have to do it uh, through strategic uh, negotiation uh, so for example this could not happen with primaries uh, so um, you, we could see this again on one hand very democratic because political parties negotiate uh who are legitimate uh, representatives of uh, people but on the other hand uh, again it's not very bottom-up because uh it is not uh, being done uh, it will not be done uh, through primaries uh it will be quite uh i mean experts and uh, political party members will have a lot of say it too i think this under these conditions
0: What do you expect? Will there be a united campaign organization, at least for the presidential level, maybe also at uh, territorial levels for the parliament, or um, the parties will maintain their separate organizations and just coordinate uh, to the extent they have to? So will they pull the resources completely? Will they share with each other all the money, all the information? all the campaign technology they have, or they will stick to their guns and preserve their autonomy at this organizational level?
1: I think it will be a quite multi-level. Uh, I think complete pooling of resources uh, will not be possible uh, because there are, these are separate organizations. And also they don't want to do that uh, because one uh, reason for alliance building is, to be able to uh, appeal to the uh, broadest possible segment of uh, voters, because uh, we haven't mentioned polarization. Uh, this is a uh, Turkey is one of the most polarized uh, countries in the world, uh, which means that often voters vote not because they like very much uh, their party, their own party, but because they really don't want to uh, another party, uh, what they see as the out party, the rival party uh, to to succeed so which means that uh some there are some voters who may be, not be very happy uh with the AKP with the people Alliance but they their uh, uh dislike of the CHP the main opposition party is even more important than uh you know uh, what they are uh, belonging to the their own party however they may vote they may consider voting, uh, for a small party uh, which is part of the alliance with the CHP which means that they don't on one hand they want to pull resources but on the other hand they don't want to be completely associated uh, identified with each other either um they will need to do some segmentation uh, for different purposes like in Turkey is a quite large, and uh, we are talking about 85 million uh, population country with uh, very diverse regions. In some regions, uh, one party or one candidate uh, may uh, have may be more popular uh, or may uh, have a better personality, uh, political personality to connect with the voters. In others, uh, other parties or uh, candidates, they have to therefore, uh, these have this division of labor as well. Um, but if this is really uh, a, really based on a democracy autocracy cleavage and democracy autocracy referendum, um, which is their main also claim, uh, then they will of course have to, uh, they need a joint uh, discourse, joint strategy too. So these different um, campaign efforts campaign uh, messages uh, they need to be compatible with each other as well otherwise they will undermine each other uh, there's there is a need for master narrative too uh, so you see that they are trying to do uh, both uh, you do see some posters for example I have seen in Istanbul uh, in my district that Meral Akşener. Uh, leader of EE uh, who had a big conflict with Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu just very recently as we talked Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu and Meral are on the same poster mm. in the say, in other ones I think there are different uh, videos or uh, different uh, approaches so it's it's a very uh, interesting uh, period it is also Ramadan right now uh, here uh, so there was a question whether holding rallies is a good idea or not Uh, I think it's very interesting in the sense that these are all um, very strategic, Uh, I think multidisciplinary, we can say also, uh, kind of uh, calculations, thinking that uh, political actors need to engage in uh, in this kind of period.
0: You spoke in terms of referendum between democracy and autocracy. So the final question is, what do you expect the outcome will be?
1: This is, of course, the uh, $1 million uh, question. Uh, Under normal circumstances, uh, and uh, even in the context of this extraordinary uh, politics, uh, the opposition uh, should win. It looks like uh, they have a real chance uh, of uh, winning, uh, both in parliamentary elections uh, and also in the uh, presidential elections. Uh, their advantage in the presidential elections uh, seems to be uh, larger um, uh, because of this fact that this uh, electoral formulas in the parliamentary election uh, is so uh, complex uh, and also favoring uh, the incumbent uh, incumbent party um, but uh, given the last the trajectory uh, of the Turkish politics uh, and uh, this very process of uh, democratic erosion, uh, I think uh, the only way to win is to never think that you will definitely win. Um, you have to always be ready to uh, surprises. us. Uh, and not always the best uh, <laughs> the best surprises uh, so uh, we will see uh, i think uh, but uh, this is uh, one election where i think here uh, because the opposition uh, is doing the uh, right things um and seems to be also quite creative uh because there is no very clear right formula uh, in my opinion under these circumstances uh they have a, a very strong chance of uh, winning uh but the real uh, maybe question uh, for uh, Turkey but uh, and also similar uh, countries um, uh, that suffer this kind of democratic erosion, I think there's a lot to learn from it. I think uh, countries facing similar problems, they need to really learn, uh, cooperate and learn uh, from each other, uh, is that uh, the real goal is actually not to win the election either. Uh, Because in Malaysia, for example, we have seen that the opposition was able to change the government, uh, but then uh, it fell apart. Uh, It's actually the real goal is to win the elections, uh, overcome democratic erosion, and to rebuild uh, actual democracy. uh, So that there will not be another democratic erosion.
0: This election will be indeed uh, one of the most consequential elections that we had in the last couple of years. Not only for Turkey, but uh, for the whole world. So thank you very much, uh, Murat, for uh, giving this uh, deep analysis of the complex situation. Thanks a lot.